Welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Shabazz, and of course, alongside me, I have the man bat himself, Daniel. Daniel, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm hoping you see that I'm wearing a Batman shirt. That's why you made that reference. I other did. Than... Okay, good. Just because I'm like, I, I prefer not to be called Man Bat. I've told you that <laughs> off air. Um, many times. And you, you have you mentioned it. Many times. Uh, it's in my contract not to be called that. So thank yeah, but you. But Anthony wrote your that. contract, though, and it wasn't in good English, so it's fine. Yeah, it was not in good English at all. Yeah. It might have been Man Bat. It might have been Man Bat. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that other voice you're hearing is Anthony. Anthony, how are you today? What is up, everyone who is listening? Wow, this is that's the most you're getting from me. That is that's the most I've ever gotten from you. Yeah, like yeah, because you we had this discussion saying you need to fucking be more more of a person. I had a discussion and, today with some people at work, and they they just and I'll give them a shout out as well. It was it was Kelvin and it was Paul, and they said, "Hey, you know what? The one thing that we love about your podcast is." is Shay, you are like the wild card. You know, you're just always spitting out these jokes. You're kind of wild. And then you have Anthony, who's very straight, you know, just very straight face. He, he he gives you the facts of what it is, and he's very intelligent at what he has to say. And then you have Daniel, who's like a mixture of both of you, where he wants to keep the conversation going, but also will have fun and also, you know, be serious. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty accurate description of us, I'd say. We all balance each other pretty well. It's not bad. It's, uh, I'll take that. I'll take that. Anthony, do you agree? Yes. Okay, well, that's the most straight-faced answer <laughs> I could have gotten from you today. There you go. <laughs> As always, you can catch a brand new episode of The Movie Podcast every single Monday. And watch out throughout the week for these little review episodes. They sneak up on you. You know, you might just be sitting at home and being like, well, that was a great Monday episode of the podcast. Let me just go ahead and relax. And then, boom, out of nowhere, your phone just got a review up on, on there. Guess what? This movie podcast is talking about In the Heights. You have to listen to it. You got to listen to it. It's going to happen. It's It's going to happen. happen. Of course, all those latest movies and series, those reviews will be up as soon as you get the chance to review them. And make sure to follow us at The Movie Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Do not forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because we are still on the hunt for 200 five-star reviews before September. If you can get us to 200 five-star reviews, we will – Virtually blow you all a kiss, every single one of you. Okay, I, I mean, thought, I thought that, you were going to say something else, but um, no, nah, this is this is the PG thirteen podcast. You know, yeah, like we we keep, well, he had a PG pause there here. though. He had a pause to yeah. blow a kiss because you a kiss. want the kiss to be blow remembered. Blow a kiss, a kiss and you know. Kiss. We wanted to emphasize that a kiss was coming. Correct. You know, don't forget, don't forget. Yeah, that. you gotta. You know, who knows? One of us could have COVID, and we don't want to spread the kiss COVID. No. We'll yeah. do a blow a kiss through the mask. You know what I mean? Do you have to <laughs> kiss me through the mask? You know, you know, kiss me through the mask. Great song. A great song. Uh, also, our Discord, please. It is popping. You need to keep it popping. And the only way to keep that popping popping is by going down to our show notes and popping on the pop and making sure you're discording. Is that correct? Keep is that right? Popping on the pop. I think that's what the kids I was are going. I was going for days, a world yeah. record of how many times someone can see poppin'? the word popping in the podcast. Yeah. I don't think it is a record yet. I also don't think anyone's no. looking for that record. So no, so we may have just broken it. Congratulations, guys! Hey, we just broke it. We just let's broke end record. the show here. <laughs> what well, we've hit our max. We've hit our ceiling clearly. <laughs> but again, check out our show notes for all those links and more. I am going to kick it over to Daniel, the Man Bat, for our announcements <laughs> this week. <laughs> I really hope that this nickname does not continue. Just for today, it's just episode one hundred and seven okay. only. Just- 
Anytime I'm wearing the Batman shirt. So I am wearing a Robert Pattinson Batman shirt. So yeah. uh, every week we are trying to do a question of the week because we really want to hear what you lovely listeners have to think. So this week we asked you, what is your favorite Loki moment? Of course, the new Loki original series is coming to Disney Plus this week. It premieres on Wednesday and we should have a review for it tomorrow if you're listening to it on Monday. Oh, well, we will. So stay tuned for that. It's just going to spring up on you like Shay said. Uh, so we asked... What is your favorite Loki moment? And we got some great responses. Frederick said, best moment is when he fakes giving the Tesseract, tesseract to Thanos. It tries to strike him down, ultimately losing his life. We have a, 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 a Sandra who says that I've been falling for 30 minutes, which is a great moment in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, we have another moment from Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Gabo says, let's do get help, which is, again, another great moment. And we have Roger, he says, his death. And no, not like that. It was his redemption showing that he cared, um, showing he cared than himself, which is great to, to see. And I think um, we saw Loki's death in Infinity War pop up a couple times. I think that's such a great moment, especially the fact that, you know, Loki really said that he called himself. He referred to himself as Odin's son, which is a great moment to have that redemption there. Um, and I echo that. That's one of my favorites. What are you got? What are your favorite moments? I'm going to start with Shay. You know, there's I I think because I watched the Ragnarok more recently, I I did laugh a lot at any time Loki would see the Hulk and just kind of like feel that that fear in him. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I think th- those are some of my favorite moments. But you know, the ones you guys touched on as well are definitely ones that I really like also. But yeah, I think the Ragnarok has some of the greatest Loki moments in my opinion. Definitely, Anthony. How about yourself? Um, for me, I think my favorite moment was Thor Dark World when he realizes his mom has passed. Okay. And I, th- and I think that like when he goes like just the grief that's on his face, I think mm-hmm. it right. really changes the perception I had of Loki. I'm like, this is not the guy who wanted to take over the world like Earth. This is completely right. different. They went a different direction and... Here we right. are with his new show where he's more of the hero than the villain. But yeah, that 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 part was very eye-opening for me because it's like, oh, he really cared about his mom, even his adopted right. mom. Right. Um, and it was like you could see he was torn by a loss of her. Yeah. So that, that was a pretty impactful Loki moment. I love that moment too, you know, when he's, because he, he's, you know, Loki's all about creating that facade that he's more than what he is. Mm-hmm. And when he kind of throws down that facade and you see that his room is just wrecked, you see that he looks all disheveled and it, it becomes a very just human moment for him. And th- that was a great moment. I also love the moment in Thor when, you know, like when he's, you know, Thor's holding him off the Bifrost and he's looking at Odin or because Odin catches them and he's like, I could have done it, father. I could have done it for you, for all of us. And when Odin just tells him no, you just see that heartbreak in his face because Loki knows in that moment that he'll never be able to be. Re- he, I think he feels that he'll never be able to be equal to Thor or greater than Thor or be a hero like everyone sees Thor to be. So when he just kind of lets himself go into the abyss, really powerful moment, I guess. And obviously, Tom Hiddleston is the gift that keeps on giving as Loki. So I can't wait to see. Um, how he is in the Loki series coming this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, something uh, another thing you could check out this week on the movie podcast feed, or 
that's already been out. We have tons of new reviews out. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Spiral, The Friends Reunion, Cruella, Riders of Justice, Army of the Dead. Lots of reviews available on the movie podcast TV that you can listen to. This week, like I said, we have our review for Loki, Episode 1, and Warner Brothers' new musical from uh, John Chu. John, John M. Cho. Chu. Um, John Cho, I apologize. Uh, In the Heights. So really looking forward to that. Written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's going to have some banger music, and it just feels like it's going to be like the movie of the summer. Uh, last week or on our Conjuring review, we revealed that we will be going to the Tribeca Film Festival virtually. So that is also starting next week. So make sure if you're not already, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you drop that five stars and look out for all of our coverage from the Tribeca Film Festival next week on the movie podcast we have another special guest joining us, Tony Bancroft. He is a Disney animation veteran. Uh, he's the co-director of Mulan from the 90s, of course. Uh, and he's the creator of Pumbaa from The Lion King and Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. So we are so excited to welcome him to the movie podcast. Make sure you tune in. It's going to be a great conversation. I love it. Thank you so much, Daniel, for all those announcements. You are well, welcome. Let's jump into the news. Anthony, okay. I feel like you gave an extra two. No, a l- an extra two two. A little, a little, extra a little, a little doot, you know. But uh, I, so I don't make mistakes on the doot doos. <laughs> oh, oh wow, confidence. Uh, you know, uh, that's why we have Anthony here. Is the confidence? Anthony's Anthony's confidence as well. Yes, it's the blind confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into our first story. Alamo Drafthouse emerges from bankruptcy, plans to open five new theaters. This is coming from Rebecca Rubin of Variety. Rejoice, cinema lovers. Alamo Drafthouse, the theater chain that's popular for its no-nonsense approach to moviegoing, has emerged from Chapter 11. The bankruptcy filing was announced in March as a Texas-based company, like many theater chains, was struggling to recover from closures related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Along with the news of at the end of its Chapter 11 process, the company announced plans to open five new theaters with locations in Manhattan, Staten Island, St. Louis, and two in Washington, D.C. in 2021. Alamo Drafthouse had to close down a few underperforming venues as part of its bankruptcy filing and currently has nearly 40 locations in total. We're so grateful to our incredible partners at Altamont and Fortress who are completely aligned with our vision for Alamo Drafthouse growth. We're so thrilled to be reopening theaters across the country and welcoming back audiences for an unparalleled movie-going experience with films we've been eagerly awaiting for over a year now. Alamo Drafthouse CEO Shelley Taylor said in the statement, Daniel, what are your thoughts on all this? Movie theaters are back, baby, but just not in Ontario. Oh. But the movie, the movie world is coming back to life, and it's so nice to see that. Um, you know, when we heard about Alamo, we were all pretty gutted about this back in March. But it's looking to see that ho- hopefully they're going to make a recovery, and not just that they're going to open up more locations. Hopefully they can open on here in Canada somewhere because we would love to have them. But it's nice to see this. It's nice to know that they're going to be able to grow and hopefully just keep giving audiences what they love, which is a movie theater experience that is made for movie lovers. And Alamo does that so well. They have that in spades. Um, And I'm really excited to see what comes from this. And it just makes me happy because, again, it's just that one step closer, maybe a couple of steps closer to just being back in a movie theater again and being able to not go back to the way things were, but make things better. And I, and I really look forward to that. 
Great answer. Great answer. Anthony, what are your thoughts on it? This is um, this is great news for Alamo. I'm I'm quite interested into figuring out how they went from Chapter 11 bankruptcy in March to now opening um, how many one uh, four or five new theaters <laughs> within the span of five months. I know they have like you know new backers and all that, but if for a company that was on Chapter 11 bankruptcy, I would probably wait for at least next year to open anything new until, you know, you really gauge the market. Um, especially because a lot of times, yes, we, we're, we're so passionate about going back to the theaters, but what does it look like in six, seven months, eight months? Does, you know, we know theaters, they fluctuate and they have, um, I think it was in China, we were just talking about F9 Dropping eighty five percent. Dropping eighty five percent. Right. So that's that's huge. Like I think I think for me this is good news, but I also would be hesitant to open anything new in the future until I know what the market is calling for and what it looks like down yeah, the road. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's just just my thinking, but it's good sure. news from Alamo, and hopefully they they one day open one up in Ontario and uh, bring their lovely uh, draft house to our neck of the woods. Yeah, I I would cry crimson tears if I heard that Alamo Draft crimson House. Crimson tears. Crimson tears. If okay. I heard that they were opening a Alamo Draft House in Ontario, I, I again, the movie going experience that we've had here in, but what in if it's Toronto in, is great. What, what if it's in Barrie? What if it's like... That's what if fine. it's in Barrie? What's, that's what's it's closer far, than driving to New York City, man. Totally closer than going to where we have to go. Already. You know, it's closer yeah. than going there. If there was one in Buffalo, it would be easier. Oh, for sure. I was going to say, we, I remember last year we were, we were like, yeah, let's go watch No Time to Die. We could do a group trip <laughs> to Detroit to go to an Alamo there, which is still a drive. But like, yeah, man, you could put one in, in uh, where is a far place in Ontario? Uh, no? Aaron. Okay, North, North Bay. Bay. That's a little too far. Do you though. know, you know, where's uh <laughs> North Bay? I might as well just drive to Detroit at that point. <laughs> they Very wouldn't true. accept me in North Bay either. You know, they'd be like, "Sir, you a little lost." I don't know why they sound southern, but <laughs> look, I'm, I, we don't know what happens in North Bay. We I, don't go there. We don't go there. We don't go there. I, if you're from North Bay and you listen to our podcast, let us know what's life like. Is Shay going to be accepted there? Would I be accepted there? There are many yeah. pictures of me available on the internet. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I'm again, I'm, I'm excited for this. I, I'm so glad to hear that Alamo has come out of this. It is a little surprising it was this quick, but I mean, any good news about movies is good news to me. So, right. I'm and I mean, it. like they, they said that they were going to be restructuring things. So hopefully they had that in mind. Yeah. Um, that's like, this was kind of maybe on in their plans to kind of do something like this. Right. And maybe sometimes I, again, I just want to put it on record. I am not, I don't, I do not have a, a degree in business no. or good with the numbers, no. but sometimes it does make sense that businesses have to spend money. It's that true. I could tell you, I've heard that. That was sold to me before. I've, Sometimes I've, businesses have to spend money. Yeah, a lot of businesses tell me that. They're like, spend yeah. money. I'm like, okay, cool. Mr. Business told me that. <laughs> Mr. Peanut told me that. <laughs> Our next story coming from Aaron Couch uh, from The Hollywood Reporter. I feel like once I read out what this new story is, I, I'll feel like I'm in trouble. because Someone's going to burst through your door. 
<laughs> Mission Impossible 7 filming shuts down after positive coronavirus test. The latest Mission Impossible film has halted shooting in the UK after at least one member of the production tested positive for the novel coronavirus. A source close to the production confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter that filming on the Tom Cruise sequel will shut down for 14 days while those involved self-isolate. It is unclear how many people in the production tested positive. We have temporarily halted production on Mission Impossible 7 until the 14th of June due to positive coronavirus testing results during routine testing. We are following all safety protocols and will continue to monitor the situation. We had a statement from the production. If you're wondering why I did that voice... Um, that's the voice of the production assistant. That is that is that Mr. Paramount. That's that's, <laughs> that is telling him that? that's Mr. Mount actually. It oh, is Mr. Mean, Mount. Mr. Okay. Mount. Uh, in December, audio surfaced of Tom Cruise berating members of the crew who reportedly were standing too close together, violating those COVID safety pro- procedures. I also remember recently Tom did come out and say, "Hey, I said what I said. It is what it is." I stand I by make it. movies, baby. I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's what he said. Make that booty sweat, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Um, yeah, he went full less Grossman on those guys with the, uh, when he was yelling at them. Oh, definitely. That, that full video. less. Anthony, what are your thoughts on, on this story here? So my thought is, or my thoughts are, that um, Tom Cruise got COVID. <gasps> Oh, you think it's TC? Conspiracy theory. Well, eh? he's pretty. He's pretty quiet right now. He ain't fucking. He ain't saying what he was saying. You know, a couple of months ago. So I think. But I think Tom what Seth's Cruise, been done. Tom. Well, no, it's Tom Cruise. You know, he he's he's Mr. Spaceman. He he has to. <laughs> he's never been called that once. I think. I don't think he's ever. He's, he's never been. <laughs> but no one's ever been like, "Yep, that's Tom Cruise, Mr. Spaceman." Mr. I'm Space telling Man, you, yeah. Tom Cruise got COVID. Prove me wow. wrong. So I, I believe someone on <laughs> in the cast got COVID. Not the okay. production team. I think it was okay. someone. And I think it's Tom Cruise. I think it's TC, Maybe. huh? Who, who gave Tom COVID? COVID. Well, you know. Oh, okay. COVID, came, COVID heard what he was saying. He, they were like, yo, you talking yeah. shit? Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. It, Open your when, mouth. That's when I took it personally. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and I and I came for him. Michael Jordan gave Tom Cruise COVID. Wow, is you you heard it on the show? You heard it here live. I am telling you, Tom Cruise got COVID, and you don't hear anything like Tom. He hasn't said a word. You know, like he clearly. I think I think they're keeping it quiet, even yeah, even if it wasn't Tom, Tom though. Like, Tom but like I, I think they're just keeping it quiet because it has been such a big thing for them, right? That sure, we sure, are sure. the production that has continued going on and found ways. We have COVID robots that will vaporize you if you even <laughs> breathe without a mask on. Yeah, um, you know that they have been that 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 poster child for continuing on during COVID. So maybe that's why they're just keeping quiet for what feels like forever. But they've uh, been film, filming forever. Yeah. We're going to see we're going to see the entire cast age by the end of the movie. I, it feels like um, that. The next movie. Um, Daniel, did so you have anything you want to add about it too? Uh, listen, honestly, like we've seen this before on sets ever. I think ever there's been no movie set that has not had a case or two. I mean, everywhere is going to have a case of COVID. You can't escape it at work, at home, on a movie set, wherever you are, there's going to be some type of case there. And it's nice to see at least that they're shutting down, taking the precautions. They're not continuing on because 
if they did, if it did come out that, hey, there was a, a positive test and we continued shooting, then that would go in the face of everything that Tom and everyone else said before, that they're not taking it seriously. They're still shooting, even though somebody got it. Right. So this this falls in line with Tom's rant. This falls in line with their um, with their credo of we will continue on shoot. We will uh, continue on filming. But if something happens, we will shut things down. We will take the proper precautions. Right, so right. it's good that they're, they're taking the proper precautions. And whoever it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to leak or come out somehow. So we'll, we'll talk about it. If it's Tom, we'll definitely talk about it. <laughs> I, you know? I, but we've already had a famous Tom get COVID. We don't need another one. It's true. Mr. Hanks is the call him. I think uh, you know when it comes to to this movie, people have to remember that that Mission Impossible is one of those films that's shot on location. It's shot practically, so for them to get as many cases as as they've had already is is actually pretty surprising because it's not that many, or at least what they've announced. Other movies are usually shot on sets or closed sets or in in just green rooms, so. It makes sense. Those green movies, rooms. Yeah, you know, like in like a rooms room, painted green, <laughs> painted green with a lot of greenery. A green room is actually just where they make plants and stuff, right? So that's that's where it's they true. shoot movies. There you but, go. But those movies, you know, might not be getting that many COVID cases, or they're just not announcing it. But for Mission Impossible, a movie that's shot so openly, it makes sense. You're going to have cases, and it's totally understandable. Next story today from Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. Jonathan Majors in talks to square off against Michael B. Jordan in a boxing ring for Creed 3. MGM, which was just recently bought over by Amazon, and first-time director Michael B. Jordan have set their sights on Lovecraft Country star Jonathan Majors to be his adversary in the ring for Creed 3, sources said. Negotiations are underway for Majors to start in the start of the film as Adonis Creed's ring nemesis. It's the latest big movie looming for Majors, who is coming off the first season of the critically lauded HBO series Lovecraft Country. His rise to A-list from his 2019 breakout in The Last Black Man in San Francisco has been meteoric. Majors most recently co-starred in the Spike Lee-directed Defy Bloods for Netflix, and he is set to play Kang the Conqueror in Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Tessa Thompson and Felicia Rashad return for the third installment of the, of the Rocky franchise spinoff, but Sylvester Stallone decided not to come back this time. Hey this, guys, I'm busy. Hey, I can't do this movie. Uh, the script <laughs> is he a vampire? <laughs> he's he is he's a Russian vampire. Uh, okay. uh, the script is written by Zach Balin and Keenan Coogler. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, Hello there. Jonathan Majors, punching you in the face. How do you feel about it? Punch me in the face, man. Just do it. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, now, no, you're, honestly, you're Michael Jonathan B. Jordan. Majors. How do you feel? <laughs> My nose hurts. I'll be honest with you. I mean, look, Jonathan Majors, like what a career he's having so far. You know, I feel like he just kind of like came out of nowhere and now he's being in all these fan castings all the time he is now being uh, anytime like a new like is he a knives out too he might be he might be you know uh but this is great for him honestly he's he's great in love uh lovecraft country uh he's great in the last black man in san francisco to five bloods i can't wait to see what he does as kang in in the marvel cinematic universe i mean and and creed creed uh is one of my all-time favorite movies 
all time favorite movies. The second one, it's good. It doesn't live up to the high the highs of the first one, but it'd be great to see what he does um, against Michael B. Jordan, especially since Michael B. Jordan is directing this time. I'm just really curious. Does he have a lineage tied to Michael B. Jordan somehow? Because that's usually that's like that's kind of what we've seen so far. In this Creed series, especially with Ivan Drago, I wonder if he's going to be tied to any other character in this um, in the Rocky saga of movies. So I'm, could, I'm really curious about that. I could totally see this being, you know, in the beginning of Creed One, where uh, Adonis's character is looks like he's in a juvie juvie center. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, oh, if, if it's yeah. a kid from there, you know, that he grew up with, that he could be, yeah. you know, was playing in the block with, as they say. Damn, but like I, I hope I, I hope they like we've already had him, you know, rematch or go against the man that you know kind of killed his father or the son of the man who killed his father. Right. Um. I really hope that the, like Jonathan Majors isn't connected to like Clubber Lang or something like that from like Rocky through Mr. T played. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like you don't need to have Rocky. That you don't need connections. to have th- the whole idea of Creed is him finding his own legacy, is yeah. finding his own name. Right. That literally is the plot of that movie. And and I hope that this isn't him just kind of falling in the same footsteps as Rocky the whole time. I want I want a new character. I want him to be taking on somebody else, or maybe somebody from his own past, not someone from Rocky's past. Especially since Stallone's not here. Right. He's busy. He's you know? busy. Hmm. Um. I I think Jonathan Majors is is fantastic. I once I read this, I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. I can totally see this happening because. I can see the posters. I can see the acting. They're so they're both so good at acting that I feel like instead of them fighting each other, I just I'm just gonna love the dialogue trade off that they're gonna have with each other. Definitely. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, great casting. Great casting on um, the casting agent. <laughs> great casting on the casting. <laughs> I think you guys said it My pretty Lord. pretty well. Like, it, I don't I mean, think you guys are ca- shouting at the casting director enough because the casting director <laughs> yeah. did a great job of. Uh, Getting Jonathan Majors to sign on, I think uh, he is the up and coming, you know, up and comer, up and comer. <laughs> like he, he's he's on par with. I think he's a, a better actor than uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's okay. Like again, I haven't. I, he was great in Creed, and I, that's all I can really remember him in. Um, but there are so many movies that you'll remember Jonathan Majors in that you know in the future if he continues down this. Rude, he is going to be, you know, an Oscar winning actor. He does art right. films, he does, you know, whatever is given to him, he's, he gives it like a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, definitely, I'm super happy about this. I haven't seen Creed 2, I know there is uh, mixed reviews with Creed 2, um, because you know, it, it wasn't a movie done by Kugler and it was completely, you know, different than what Creed set in motion. But um, I'm I'm super curious to see who he plays. You know, maybe a childhood rival, maybe um, maybe just a guy who rises up. Like when you're when you're in the boxing universe, anyone can become the next champion. Really, there's always right? someone waiting in the in maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's like a YouTuber, you know. Maybe he's like a famous YouTuber. <laughs> it's Logan gonna, Paul. It's Logan Paul. Like right? it's he's he's like it's like someone just, like that. He, yeah, but, Jonathan Majors does prank videos, and then one day decides yeah. to fight Michael B. He's Jordan. gonna yeah. But yeah. here's the thing, though. Like, sorry to cut you off, Anthony. I'm, I'm gonna right. let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. Okay, but, Kanye. Um, I think uh, what I don't want to happen, like I said earlier, is you know 
not everybody needs to be tied together. It's not like the, the Skywalker Skywalkers. saga where yes. it's like there's only three or four families in boxing. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't need that. There's not there's millions of people like Anthony was saying that you could go against. Yeah, I think with stories like this, they like tying it in because it's easier to tell the story. It's like, oh, yeah, he's, sure. he's the bully. But then when you bring in a character who doesn't have backstory or, or some connection, it's it's harder for the audience to really, you know, hang on to or or kind of follow that character. It's like, oh, where is this guy coming from? Where is his background? Why? What's his purpose in this whole series? Right. So, but, you know, you see it with, with Rocky, if you just take Rocky's movies, you have, you know, Clipper Lang, who was just this dude who wanted to beat Rocky, right? There yeah. Was, there was not much backstory to his character other than he thinks he's the best, I'm the best, I'm going to beat him, and he beats him, and then he, you know, they have this whole match after, and he beats right. you know, Mr. That formula is there, it's right? There. That formula so at the Rocky movies. I just feel like the audience, for some reason, or what executives think the audience wants is some sort of tie into this character from his past. There's always like this past thing and it could come from, you know, fast and the furious. There's always this. Yeah. I have a brother like with, with Toretto having a younger brother, like what? He never had a younger brother. There's no way he had a younger, it's just stupid story. So I think keeping it, you know, Jonathan Major's character is just a dude who's a boxer who came out of, you know, the you know the starting from the bottom working his way up i think that's a great story because maybe he takes over the reign for Cree. like there's so many other um options yeah yeah i like that i like that anthony especially you know like when we see how um how uh, adonis came up right that he he started from the bottom yes he had apollo creed as his father but his father was not there yeah right so he really came up from the bottom and i and i would love to see kind of maybe his his um i guess come up mirrored in jonathan major's character so it'd be great and honestly this this is coming out next year right yeah so we don't have a long ways to go to, to for this film very true next story we have and the last story we have teenage mutant ninja turtles reboot from seth rogan Nickelodeon has set it for 2023. This is coming from Jordan Moreau of Variety. Grab a slice of pizza because the heroes in a half shell are coming back out of the sewers in 2023. The CG animated reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from producer Seth Rogen and Nickelodeon is heading to theaters on August 11th, 2023. Rogen announced on Twitter, also producing from Rogen's Point Grey Pictures production banner, our co-founder Evan Goldberg and President James Weaver. Brendan O'Brien will write the reboot. He previously co-wrote the scripts for the comedies Neighbors and Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising. Jeff Rowe, who co-directed and wrote the recent Netflix animated movie The Mitchells vs. the Machines, which our review is up for, will helm the film. Paramount is heading handling the global distribution for the reboot. Daniel. Give yes, me your mess. give me your history with these teenage mutant ninja turtles, and then let me know how you feel about this. Uh, I you, listen. I, I'm show me somebody who doesn't love the turtles, right? You grew up watching the show. I watched the live action movies um, religiously. They were always always on Family Channel, mm-hmm. um, and the the turtles are dope. Honestly, like they're they're characters. That I'm like, why haven't they gotten like their proper due? 
in movie form. I'm hoping, I'm hoping with this iteration, this is a time. You know, we had an animated film that came out not too, uh, maybe Based 10 years show, ago. Right? You know, well, we had the TV show one, but we also had another one that Chris Evans w- did one of the voices of the of the characters for. Um, I'll let you find that if you can, Shay. But uh, we had like that animated, that CG animated one that we had the live action ones for Michael Bay, uh, which I've never seen. But yeah, there are some cool moments just from, I guess, the trailers. But I've, I just there was something about it that I couldn't get into it. Um, but I think the turtles work best in animated form, right? Or animation. So I'm really excited for this, especially with Seth Rogen being part of it. Cause obviously he has a huge love for the turtles. He dropped that picture that he drew in his notebook growing up, which is really cool to see. And if it's anything like what he's done with invincible or the boys or countless other movies, cause I think he's a great producer. I'm really excited for this. And I'm really happy that he's getting a chance to work on a property that he grew up loving. He has a huge affinity for and you know this is his first kind of real big like ip that he gets to work with other than the green hornet you know so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun watch i think so we and again 2023 is not that long away no so i'm i'm really so they've probably been working on this for a while so it should be great hopefully we'll get like casting news and voice actors and all that stuff and kind of maybe maybe by the end of the year uh, maybe some still frames of what this movie is actually going to look like which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping for I'm, I'm excited yeah so i did find the one that you were talking about that was from 2007 my uh, god yeah and it was just called tmnt i remember this movie that's the one this, yeah. yeah the cg animated one uh yeah Anthony, I know you're. I know you're a big fan of the the mutant Ninja Turtles. What of the Turts, as they say. I know that you're not a fan of Seth Rogen, though. But we won't we won't get into that because we like we want Seth to know that he's welcome. I hate him to be on. We this love sh- Seth. Oh, we no. want Seth to know that he's welcome on the show. But what are your thoughts on all of this happening? Um, I'm a huge turtle fan. Like, I still have my turtles. I still have every. Like you sometimes dress like a turtle. What? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes how, when you're wearing a hood, how, man, like how do I dress like a turtle? Because you wear this like really cool backpack that looks like a shell, and you have yeah. these like nunchucks on you. And I'm like, Anthony, honestly, I have that's, my sword you, with me. You have your yeah. sword and your katanas. You're all of them together. And you have a staff. And I'm like, Anthony, none of this is working for you, dude. Stop. It's too much right now, man. Yeah. It's too much. We're just recording. You, we're not even on camera. <laughs> and we can't see you. We're not going to fan expo. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> So yeah, like for me, the turtles are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he just had to pivot away from. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That's what I do in my personal so time. You're, you're a Hurt's turtle head, as they call them. Is it what they call me? <laughs> no, not, not you. But they call turtle turtle fans turtle heads. Is that is that what they or call turtlenecks? It? I think turtlenecks. Turtlenecks? I don't <laughs> think so, man. I don't think so. I'm about to leave this podcast right now. Don't sully the good name of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, there's got to be a cool name for people who are fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because that's too long of a name. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll figure that out. Um, maybe later. later. While I'm while I'm uh, saying my thing, he can search for. I'm it. trying to. I'm trying to find out what turtle fans are called you know anyways getting back to me being cool um i love the turtles and i have all my turtles in their little cases downstairs in my house and i have my turtle bus as well as april o'neill part of the turtle bus and i really love the turtles and i think every single turtle movie since the first turtles and the second turtles was not so great 
And I really love the live action, like the 90s Turtles, because it just, it was a product of its time. Mm -hmm. The animated Turtles are fantastic. And I think animation is a great, um, a great uh, medium, medium, medium for it. The only thing is, what does that animate? Is it 3D animation, 2D animation? Um, Is it more CG-ish looking, like more realistic looking? We'll see what happens if, you know, if Seth Rogen is doing Invincible and it's coming off more 2D, then that would be fantastic. I think there's a there's a huge. um, A huge market for 2D animation that is very nostalgic, and I think a lot of people like it. Yeah, hopefully has a great animation style. That's the biggest thing, right? I'm looking for great actors to play their to do the voiceovers. Um, other than Seth Rogen, I don't want him to be in any of the episodes. Uh, he could be producer or mo- in the movie or in the movie. Yeah, um, he can. Yeah, he could just produce it. That'd be cool. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited for the turtles. I I think when you look at because uh, Paramount is a distributor for this movie, and that right, you know, you look at their animated movie repertoire, it's not the strongest. You know, I mean, yes, they've had collaborations with DreamWorks a lot for Kung Fu Panda and Shrek, Forever After, How to Train Your Dragon and stuff. But if this is like solely them making this animated film, I'm a little worried because, you know, SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run was like the last animated film that we kind of got from them. Uh, Wonder Park, Sherlock Gnomes, nothing that really – you know, gives me confidence right. in this. Right. But the name's but, attached to that. Yeah. But go the, but. but. The only but. Let me throw some butts at you. Uh, buddy, I'm going to catch these butts. The only but is they have an opportunity right now to pull it into the Spider-Verse. Well, I was going to say that, Look yeah. at Sony Pictures Animation. Look what they did before Spider-Verse and look what they've done after. 100%. You know, Spider-Verse, the Mitchells versus the Machines and... The future is bright for that studio right yes. now. And I'm really hoping that whoever studio gets this film, I know it's going to be Paramount distributing. I really hope they partner with a dope animation house to bring a really cool style to it. Cause I just don't want it to be the same old, just like you want it to feel distinct. You want it to be like visually like cool. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. The SpongeBob didn't, didn't look bad. Like it, I thought it's animation no, it, it was fantastic. Good. No, no. I, 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 it looks wise. They're great. Story-wise, maybe you just grew out of SpongeBob. Maybe no. that was the case. What? No, what? I didn't what? grow out no. of SpongeBob. The, uh, Shay just shut it down. No, uh, even, again, as as a SpongeBob purist, as, you know, like, as a sponge-head, as they call me. <laughs> yeah, as, as a, a square pants wearer. Uh, <laughs> no, how do you consider? Like, how do you like what? How what were you looking more from? Like, what did you did you want from SpongeBob? It was SpongeBob. A good story. It was SpongeBob. A good story, really. I mean, like it's at the end of the day, like, but like, see, like you're talking about you Teenage from- Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? I just based- want some martial arts. Yeah, but based on what you're saying, I'm, you're immediately gonna not like it because you've technically grown out of it. I, right. I, I, I still love SpongeBob. I, you know, I loved it as a kid growing up. So when I went to go see this movie, it, it really wasn't good. We, we talked about why it wasn't good because it didn't have all those great moments of SpongeBob in there. It didn't. You know, and at the same and, time, and it retcon stuff too. It right? retcon stuff as well from yeah. the series, right? Um, with, again, with, if I if you go if you're expecting just if you just want martial arts out of a Ninja Turtles movie, and I'm, I'm not just saying like you specifically, Anthony, you're going to get that. We've never not had a movie that had martial arts in it, but you want to at least have a story that 
is interesting to watch, right? But there's not a lot of story to a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But they have a chance to tell a good story now, but like, right? What's, what story are you going to tell me? Well, we're not writers. But, but like, tr- truthfully, like, what are you going to tell me from a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story? Here, here's what I'll say. So, uh, having watched the Michael Bay versions of those movies, the thing that upset me the most about them is not only how the turtles looked, because I, I, can, I can't get over how they looked still. There were only some moments in those movies where, you know, Donatello was Donatello, Michelangelo, all those characters – embraced who their characters are like we we love watching the teenage mutant ninja turtles because each character is so distinct you know Raphael is like the badass you know Dantel is going to make jokes and crack you know be be silly if the movie doesn't do that justice to those characters then what are you watching for because you want to watch a bunch of martial arts or aren't you going to watch those characters that you love so much right but at the end of like not even the com- like I, I'm trying to think of a turtle story that really captivated me because there's not a lot of history with turtles other than, yes, there was a comic book and then it really like hit it off. But at the end of the day, it was just these turtles fighting Shredder. So really is. And, yeah. and, 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 Shred- and, yeah. and Splinter being the, the father figure to these turtles. Yeah. But, but no, you could like, do something with that, right? Like you could life. at least put a new spin on that, bring something to it. Right. And the, I think for me, it's just killing off one of the turtles. Like that would be, like something. Why? <laughs> Why does everyone die? This is a new series, kill though, man. Why are they gonna kill them? Kill Michelangelo, <laughs> but see, he's not dead. He's not dead, and he comes back, and he's yeah. evil. But now you have a story. He's you have, evil now. He's evil, Michelangelo, not Shredder. Yeah, but we've seen that all the, so many times, though, with people coming back. Like, oh, they're not really dead, but now they're this. Well, you know, like, what do you, what do you want from these turtles, dude? But just, you tell, but that's the thing. Find. I want to know what Seth Rogen has to say about these yes. turtles. What does he's Seth have be, to say about these damn turtles? Half the time. That's how you you have to be high to watch these movies sometimes. Okay, you're watching or, talking turtles. Or April O'Neil falls in love with one of the turtles. I'm just saying, and that's some weird shit. Yeah, that's thank God you're not writing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Seth Rogen is listening to this right now and said, "I need to hire this guy." He's like, even no, though he away. says awful things away. about me. <laughs> hey, I'm Let's honest, jump. man. He loves honest people. I heard about that. I heard him. You, about, you, heard him he he does love honest people. Yeah. Yes. Let's jump into some quick updates. Anthony, kick it off. Quick updates. I don't. We don't have a jingle for the quick updates, but we the don't. first quick update is Elijah Wood lands lead villain role in the Toxic Avenger reboot. Donnie Yen joins Keanu Reeves in Lionsgate's John Wick Four. Jupiter Legacy debuted May seventh on Netflix, and with no one using the word "canceled," the show is done. The cast is being released from their contracts, and AMC is raising two hundred and thirty. 0.5 million to purchase additional cinema lenses and grow the consumer appeal of his existing properties. CEO President Adam Aaron, or Aaron, has also said the exhibitor <laughs> is eyeing theaters previously operated by ArcLight Cinemas and Pacific Theaters. Um, Mr. Adam A. Aaron uh, had a little uh, video Zoom call the other day, and he, apparently his camera fell and showed a little bit of his legs that had no pants on. He Maybe. showed some upper thigh, man. You <laughs> know, we've all showed some leg. But I mean, at least the, the the you know the stigma is there. You know, it's it's broken. It, where people on Zoom calls are not wearing pants. You guys can't see my lower half right now. I can't see your lower half. 
Well, you, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up. I am wearing pants. Oh my god, Anthony, what are you doing? Put your <laughs> why do you have a tattoo on your leg like that? Um, no, I, we're all wearing pants because you know what? It'd be weird to sit on this chair with my butt out. I think. Yeah. So that's it. Thanks for those quick updates. On, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my line. That's my line. But um, yeah, which what of out of these quick updates, which ones kind of stood out to you guys? Uh, Donnie Yen joining uh, John Wick 4 is cool obviously he is a legend and seeing him with Keanu is going to be a lot of fun um, and AMC potentially buying some Arclight locations maybe they buy the Cinerama as well I mean it's possible that maybe rebranded as AMC theater to be kind of cool to save it right some more quick updates Cruella sequel in the works at Disney director Craig Galepsie and screenwriter Tony McNamara are expected to return as well as Paramount has just put an untitled A Quiet Place spinoff on the calendar for March 31st, 2023. Ooh, that's interesting because it seems like someone survives and maybe that's a Killian Murphy character. Maybe. Or maybe it's a Killian Murphy prequel. Let's not talk about the movie that we haven't seen yet and and Yeah, we don't we don't Don't. acknowledge it. We don't talk about it on the show. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Cruella sequel though. I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Pump. That's a great uh, that's a great fast track. I'm glad that they're working on that. Again, is that one gonna be technically 101 Dalmatians? Or are we gonna build up another story? And end with 101 Dalmatians. I think they should just cut out the Dalmatians. Get rid of that idea of what, like, the 101. I, I think so. I think I it's think just so an too. old... I think it just, like, now that we know who Cruella is, we yeah. don't need the dogs anymore. No, I don't think so either. But I wonder she, if that's what they're going to do. Because, again, at the end of the day, what prints money? That. Right. But I just don't see her, like, as her character, like, now wanting to kill these dogs and build a coat out of it. Because she had the dogs, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. gave them away. Like, right. What's her What's her motive now? She killed by fucking. I don't know her, her partner. Like you know, what I'm saying like, at the point where yeah. we saw in the movie, oh, these dogs were a huge part of her history. You think at that point, that's when she would have done it. But I think her character has now evolved into something different, which is good. I, think I agree. It's a- I agree. Yeah, something better, and I and I'm excited to see Emma Stone come back and. I'm glad that Craig Gillespie is going to be coming back too, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. So hopefully that's going to come soon as well. Like hopefully we don't have to wait till like 2028 or something like that Seriously. for a sequel. Mm. All right, let's jump into some trailers. 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 We've got a smorgasbord of trailers. Oh. I don't, I don't, I don't, New Jersey as well? I don't even know what a smorgasbord is, to be honest with you, but I'm assuming it's a stuff of a lot of things. Are you going to look it up for me, Daniel? That's a, a smorgasbord. Sh- that's a charcuterie board. Is it a charcuterie uh, board? Daniel, you have no. the you have the biblical you have the biblical answer here for me. Uh, a smorgasbord is a buffet offering a variety of hot and cold meats, salads, hors d'oeuvres, um, and it just also means a wide variety of something. Uh, it uh, comes from this uh, the type of Scandinavian meal. I had a feeling originating in Sweden. Uh, That's yeah. the same as a charcuterie board. You got it, meats, it's cold, similar, similar. It's Sherman. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not far off. I thought smorgasbord was a game. 
It, it does sound like a well, game board too. game. Hey, you if know? we ever make a movie podcast board game, we're gonna have Smorgasbord in there. Okay, I promise. In some capacity, let's not call it's, it that though. No, let's not call it that. Just for branding, I think I don't yeah, think I it's agree. the strongest I with agree. the different punctuation. It's I don't. I don't like the punctuation. People can't get <laughs> tattoos of that word easily. No. Couple, more. let me let me talk about these trailers though. We have a teaser, and I, I emphasize teaser on that one of Shazam: Fury of the Gods. We have Demonic, America, the motion picture, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, Re- Reminiscence, the Gossip Girl reboot, and the iCarly reboot. Daniel, is there a trailer <laughs> from these trailers that stood out to you? Uh, okay, so Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Look, We saw some set photos this week of... Um, Zachary Levi. Oh my god, Zachary Levi in his um in his brand new Shazam suit. It looks great. I think it's a great redesign. It looks really really cool. More comic book accurate as well too when the first one was already very comic book accurate. And you know, this trailer was very much like him kind of lit from behind, so it's just a silhouette. Hey guys, can we turn on the lights? It was it was a fun little teaser. Obviously, at, um David F Sandberg has had a lot of fun um, with the behind the scenes of these movies. So I, I think this teaser was really great. Other than that, it's been a very dry trailer week other than uh, I'd say America, the motion picture looks like a lot of fun. This is a Netflix original film, um, you know, with Channing Tatum, you know, Phil or Chris Miller are attached to it. There's a lot of big names in it. It's about kind of like the founding of America, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and honestly, Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, who uh, I used to watch a show all the time. So I'm excited to see a, a kind of a documentary about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was gone too soon. And I th- I'm really excited to learn more about him as a person. That's going to be a touching one for sure. Yeah. Anthony, what about yourself? Uh, uh, yeah, none of these trailers really captivated me. I don't have um a trailer of the week, I would say, for anything. Maybe demonic, but I didn't like demonic. Yeah, it I wasn't. Seemed, I wasn't too impressed by that one either. Yeah, like this is a this is not the film I expected from Neil Blomkamp. Uh, Blomkamp, but again, this was shot during COVID, so it it seems like it was secluded. He shot it in Canada. I know that, um, but it just didn't feel like his typical film. Mm-hmm. Reminiscence felt like a film from the late '90s, early 2000s. Very much so. And it stars. Yes. Um, oh my God! It looks like in, like they're trying to make Inception. Even right. the way he says like the opening line, it's like you're waiting for a train. You know, I'm like, hold on a second. He's saying that in the exact cadence that Leo says it in Inception. Yes. I'm like, what are you, That's what are you doing right now? The exact vibe that I got with that trailer. It was like Minority Report meets Total Recall meets Inception for me. I was like, what is what is going on with this? And it was too confusing of a trailer. Yes, definitely super a lot super happening. confusing, and. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Gossip Girl, but I guess the reboot is huge for Gossip Girl fans. XOXO. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was pretty weak, weak, a weak week for trailers. Weak week. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded strange in my head. I'm like, no, that makes sense. It's a weak week, you know? Yeah. Weak week. Well, let's, let's hope by the time this episode drops, we get a Spider Man. No way home trailer. Oh, please We're, outdate this episode, please. I'm okay Spider-Man with Marvel gods. doing that. I'm okay with Marvel yeah. doing that. Do it out this week on June 9th. We have Loki dropping on Disney Plus. 
if you don't have Disney Plus and you're a huge Marvel fan, you are lying to yourself because a true Marvel fan would have had Disney Plus for Loki. Get Disney Plus, watch Loki, and then listen to our review because, you know, that way you go in kind of like empty without any previous thoughts. We so also you're telling them to watch Loki, then listen to our review? Yeah, because then what if they don't agree with us? Or they listen, man, us? you don't give away the the cow for free. You need to. Not, you got to get them to listen. I don't first, live in North man. Bay. I don't know what listen, analogy man, you're using here. You need to listen to our review first on Tuesday because it will be spoiler free. Don't listen to what this man just told you, <laughs> or listen to half and our then review and watch. You're going to listen. They're going to watch this. Loki anyways. Listen They're going to watch Loki. Listen anyways. to our review. Watch Wait. Loki and then listen to our review again. What did, what, there did you Shay, go. what did Shay say? I wasn't paying attention. Shay said to watch it, then listen to our review. Because if they watch it and they liked it, they'll be like, yeah, I don't need to hear what the folks at the movie podcast oh, say. This yeah. guy's trying to put us out of business. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I don't like Shay anymore. He's I have, Seth Rogen right now. I have invested wow. a lot of money into other competing movie podcasts. I, uh, I, it sounds like you have. Yeah. Guys, go listen to uh Once this they go public, instead. once they go public, I'll be just raking in. I'll be I'll be rolling in dough. We we actually uh we're launching our own uh digital currency this week as well too. Uh, Podcoin. <laughs> uh, so make sure Podcoin. <laughs> Podcoin. So make uh, sure you, you uh, look out for yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh Cinemia tickets, you know. Oh. <laughs> Bringing that back. Also, In the Heights is dropping on June 10th and we will have our review also out for that. So and I'm from what I heard, rumor is that review will be done in a song. What's uh, what's great about this? If we could we could stunt on you guys a little bit. If you are listening to this on Monday, just know that we're watching in the Heights right now. I just want you, the listener, to know that we are watching in the Heights right now as you listen to this episode while you're crying. While you're, <laughs> but hey, in the Heights, ninety nine percent right now in Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to bring it That's down. That's a high bar. No, we're going to bring it's that in tomato heights. meter down. <laughs> oh, I like that, Anthony. I like that. It's yeah. in the heights. What are we watching? Let's let's jump to Anthony. Anthony, what are you watching this week? This week, um, I didn't watch a lot uh, because we, you know, when we recorded this, um, I had an ex- I had a, usually I have the day that I watch a lot of my, my stuff. Um, we were not recording that time. So I only have, I think, four things that I've watched this week. Mayor. Right. Mayor of Easttown, the Conjuring. Before you continue, before you continue, Anthony, what could you possibly watch though after f- to follow Mayor of Easttown? Like, and realistically, there was nothing this week that was going to satisfy me as much as Mayor of Easttown. Maybe the Killing. I would maybe rewatch the Killing. That was a quick answer. A little too quick, in my opinion. A little too quick. Okay. Uh, yes, Mayor of Easttown, <laughs> the Conjuring, the Devil made me do it, and. I did it. I started rewatching Friends. Nice. How far are you? I think I'm on season three. Ooh. Wow. Which I very find good, is the good. funniest, like out of the first three seasons, it's the funniest season. Yeah. Um, I'm getting close to season four now. Nice. But let's, getting back to Mayor of Easttown, fantastic show. Really, really well done. Um, surprising ending. I think it did a really good job of delivering a, a cohesive story and closing it out with a bang. It wasn't one of those stories where it's just like, Oh, that's not what I wanted or it is right. Just or this doesn't make sense. It right? didn't make sense. Or it just left me like just wanting not more, not even, well, it left me wanting more, but like left me, um, it didn't have like a, 
a stupid ending, you know, it just didn't, didn't leave it open in a sense. But I was uh, really, really excited with that ending. And I hope to see more of her character in the future. Maybe something else happens to her character. Maybe there's some another crime that happens around her that, you know, we get to see more of Mare. What a what an ending, man. Honestly, just like you said, I think top to bottom, the show didn't have any fat on it. Seven episodes, you know, it didn't even have the eight of the like nine or ten episodes, which a lot of sh- smaller series have now. I think we're at we're at a point right now with with TV that the I think the most creative and fun stuff is happening in the streaming on TV, like uh, on these lo- on these shorter series, because you could do so much cool things with characters and tell a really unique story that's not in the confines of a, a, a movie timeline, but also not the network timeline, which is like 24 episodes. And again, HBO delivered. Kate Winslet is phenomenal. Um, this this finale literally had me in tears multiple times, but in the be- in a really good way. Um, my heart was breaking, but it was also just like, wow, this is so well made and so cathartic. And I was like, then this finale was phenomenal. Again, no spoilers on this episode yet in case you haven't watched it, but uh, yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Well, what, what, I, I just want to say, I just looked up um, Mayor of Easttown season two, and there is a article on Collider. Uh, stating that HBO chief Casey Lois isn't shutting down talks about it happening. So we might see a season two happening. It's possible. It's possible. I don't I, think we need it. Kate I don't Winslet think we need it I, I, I think I we do. Why not? There's stories. She's a detective. Why can't she continue doing her work and telling interesting stories as well as having the family dynamic? <sighs> I think she can, but I think what made this season or this series so great was that it was, yes, a detective story, but because it was so personally linked for her, I got the closure I needed. Like, is the next season just going to be her solving a crime with absolutely no connection to her? Sure, but I, I wasn't there for her detective skills. I think I was there for her. So I don't know. I mean, I, again, I'm I'm down to be proven wrong. I'll I'll take whatever you give me. Um, but that's just my we'll personal watch season two for sure. Yeah, yeah, I will not. I'm not going to be like, no, I stand by my decision to not have a season two. And again, I'm not even that strongly <laughs> opinionated on it. I just think that no, for sure. If it if if it's if they did end it here, I would be okay with it. Right. I think they've they've they have themselves in a good spot for it. Yeah. Daniel, what have you watched this week? Uh, yeah, so we spoke about Mare of Easttown, uh, continuing my Loki rewatch of the MCU. So I watched Thor Ragnarok, and I'm watching something else that's embargoed for a little while, so I cannot talk about it yet. I'm sorry to do that to you guys, but uh, I did watch The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It with you guys. We do have a review available now on the movie podcast feed, among many others, so make sure you check it out. I really dug the conjuring as my first conjuring film the devil made me do it i had a great time with it so uh hopefully the devil makes me do it again are you, you gonna know? watch we'll the, the first two yeah i think you know honestly like i've been debating kind of like i've been hovering on them on itunes i'm like maybe i want to buy these just yeah. so i could watch the first two because if the first one is the best one uh from what i'm hearing from you guys and from everybody um i'm in for a for a good ride so we'll see yeah the first one's really really scary very so, scary. There's wear a tree. Your, wear your big boy pants. There's a big tree. Oh. There's a big tree? You know how there's a big tree on trees. it? Scary. It's true. Okay. I'll, okay. I'm going to jump to what I'm watching, if that's okay. Uh, Mayor of Easttown as well. I'm going to mention that. 
I finished The Righteous Gemstones last week, I want to say. So this week I went back to watch Barry because there's another HBO comedy series that I really, really enjoyed. You know, Bill Hader is absolutely fantastic in it. Um, and because you watched Spiral from the Book of Saw, I was kind of in a Chris Rock mood. And I noticed on Crave, uh, Chris Rock killed the messenger, one of his stand-up specials that he did years ago. Um uh, I went back and rewatched that. It was just it was just funny to see it again. Uh, and uh, Daniel mentioned he watched Thor Ragnarok, so I decided to watch that as well. Really, really love that movie. I mean, I'll, I think that's one of those those Marvel movies I'll just kind of put on any time. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I have started my Fast and Furious rewatch in preparation for Hell F9. Hell yeah, man! Hell uh, yeah! I didn't. I did not intend to. I just put it on and I was like, oh, okay, sure, let's let's do this. Um, so. I did that. I rewatched Nobody again this week, but this time with my oh, brother. Wow. He hadn't seen it, and I was like, yeah, let's give it a watch. And then last night, I also put on Too Fast, Too Furious, and I'm almost too done Too Fast, that. Too Furious. Too Fast, Honestly, y'all. it gets that movie, it, like, everybody rates at the lowest. That's one of my favorite Fast and the Furious movies, in all honesty. I absolutely love that movie. I don't know why. I just, from growing up, I always loved it. I loved uh, Paul Walker's skyline in that movie. I like him and Tyrese are so fun together. Eva Mendez is awesome in the film. Uh, the villain sucks, yeah, but like it's a Cole it's such Hazard. a timestamps, you know, it's such a timestamp two thousands movie that I'm like hell yeah, I'm watching this on Much Music with commercials, baby. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Who are you talking to like that? Yeah, baby. Uh, that's that's that was what I said growing up. That's how I spoke growing up. Yeah, you you didn't know me then. That's I didn't I speak. didn't know you back then. I'm glad yeah. you know. There's there's things. There's people in yeah, baby. In give me those much music commercials. <laughs> <laughs> give me that. Give me that movie, baby. Oh, baby, folks. Thank you again so much for listening to our main episode of the week. Don't worry. This isn't the last time you're hearing from us this week because, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a lot of great reviews coming out this week for Loki in the Heights and. Much more. Maybe some secrets might drop here or there. What if something huge happens? Like a, a crazy movie thing happens and we got to drop like an emergency episode? We do yeah. it for you. If there's a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire show up, I think we have to break the emergency glass. And, and the and trailer is 40 minutes long. We have to do it. <laughs> it's 40 <laughs> minutes long, but it's still only like 5% Once. of the movie. <laughs> Somehow. We'll break the emergency glass. We'll, we'll, be, we'll have an episode for you. Of course, of course. We are still on a hunt for 200 five-star reviews, so please, if you can go on Apple Podcasts, give us that five stars, leave us a comment. That'd be great. Make sure to follow us on every social media platform out there, like Twitter, Instagram. We're not on Facebook, really. And if you have a Letterboxd, go ahead. Follow us on Letterboxd. I will be updating that as soon as I get a chance. I promise. Tomorrow's my day off. Maybe tomorrow I'll do that. We are also heading to New York virtually for the Tribeca Film Festival. So we'll have more information on that coming up as well. And that was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next. 